0: How much of... Because you're an observer. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a little chat before we jumped on, you understand? You've got to do that. Yeah. yeah. You to have to, that. right? You, yeah, you've got yeah. to be an observer.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, you've got to observe and understand nuances, read the room. Yeah,
1: yeah. How,
0: how, how much of that do you process? How much of that input do you put into
1: your way of thinking when getting uh, into, uh, you into know, rap mode? I would say... It, it it has to start with um the the music has to catch me first to make me feel inspired and usually like when i hear a track i like i will it's like uh, there's a you know a screen goes down and it's like i'm getting imagery that i want to try and write out so within that there'll be observations about things that i might have seen but it's not it's not so conscious like you know, someone's pissed me off. So I'm like, right, I'm gonna write a song about this, mm-hmm. you know, this, is is or or even I feel really strongly about this, so I'm gonna talk about it right now. It's always the feeling that finds me first before I put the ideas and words to it, basically, is what I'm you saying. You hear that? You hear that? He even said it like a lyricist. Street
0: culture TV beatbox creative and we're here to talk about world music and street culture killer killer podcast <sighs> ladies and gentlemen killer killer podcast live and direct central london or central's. central as you need to be cared, to be choose to be desire to be your choice but i warn you don't want to be anywhere else Coming to you live from uh, the pod trap uh, Big shout to everyone has got the television app uh, Moving swiftly forward Free download iPhone Android for the sport In art and all the street culture Activities you may need Yeah, from everything From podcasts, to mini mixes Mini docs, big docs all there Inside the house today There are a few pockets of this world that we call street culture, um, that house some of the original pioneers and players, the movers and shapers and shifters, uh, a lot of unsung heroes, a lot of uh, fault lines that lie. that amount to what grime and drill is now, there were some purveyors, and one of them purveyors, collaborator of many, from Doc Brown, to Sway, the last skeptic, and beyond, UK Hip Hop's very own, the ultimate verb, tea inside the place. Big up, man. Thank you you for having me. I'm
1: doing good, (laughs) I'm doing good, I'm I'm here. Uh, You've traveled, haven't you, brother? I have done, yeah. I live uh, on the south coast now, so uh, I came from sunny Bournemouth, mm. all the way here to be in the pod trap mm. with you to discuss this beautiful culture that we were both a part of and yeah. met many years ago through. Yeah, we did, didn't we? We did. I Very close we... to here, funnily enough. Yes,
0: just up the road. Uh, we won't give too many details of the postcode, but... Central. Uh, <laughs> big shout northwest all day. Uh, yes, yeah, Central. <laughs> Uh, Big up Harry Love I mean What a pivotal character In the UK hip hop scene Yeah
1: And that studio spot That we met at I met a lot of people there Mm. Do you know what I mean Everyone passed through there At one point And uh yeah, when uh, when you came through that day, I specifically remember he was starting to put together the beat for Boom Accessories, I believe. Ooh, yeah. From yes. your album. Yeah, beautiful. It was before that album came into existence fully yeah. and was released to the world. And <gasps> yeah, man, that's that was the start of when we met. And yeah. it was at the beginning of my career, I guess kind of your career too, right? Yeah,
0: I always found, and correct me if I'm wrong, like when I was introduced to this I mean Harry's an anomaly man like he I was in the same crew as him for starters but, mm. but it's more so that his age you know d- did not determine his trajectory he was just in it he was embraced and some of the techniques he was doing in yeah. that
1: studio were way advanced to, to, for,
0: not only for his age but for, for what other people were doing
1: oh absolutely he was a prodigy 100% yeah. and I, I feel like um, it, it, a lot of it was it starts with being able to replicate what you hear um, and he just moved straight past that stage And kind of had his own thing with it And was making productions that Didn't sound like what anyone uh, Anyone else was doing here uh. um, And it was from just learning the equipment Like thinking about You know if he wanted to do something How do I make it sound like this He would yeah. find out mm. And then he'd find a way to flip it In the way that he wanted to use it For what he was making mm. And he always gives love and respect To the people that influenced him But he went on and did his thing And had some classics you yeah. I mean some so, real classics and and, and 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 you as well yeah well, we we yeah we did a full album together mm-hmm. um over many years like we what it was like we just made songs all the time and eventually got it together to put an album out mm. and uh, we had other singles apart from that Obviously, he had his production, mm-hmm. I had my other projects I worked on. But that was the foundation of it all, like me and him working together in the studio. And then just that environment, like, you know, I have to shout, like, Young Gun and Maestro. Of course. Um, yeah. You know, our guy Big Red, uh, his brother Jetson, mm-hmm. like all these people that were around at that time. Kaiser. Kaiser, of course. Parky. Yeah. Parky, there you go. Like all these people... You know, the last two you just mentioned and a lot of the others from this area too, Mm. or from nearby anyway, um, all passing through the same spot and sharpening our skills, basically. It's mad, isn't it, how...
0: And, and Harry's a great example. As I remember bringing, again, Boom Accessories, which was on the first album I did, uh, Permanent Marker. Mm. Uh, his techniques and processes. I often got... It's on the, the SP,
1: right? That the, exactly. Yeah.
0: And, the, and he was using the tape, the normal tape,
1: yeah. cassette
0: tape, to record it in for oh, the warmth. yeah. That, do you remember uh, that? Yeah, 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 This was like an era for him, wasn't it? It was, yeah. And what's strange is that he... And this was the immediacy of how I figured, you guys all come together based on vibe. If they ain't there, if you ain't there and there ain't that vibe, then sh- shit gets done differently, mm-hmm. if at all. It's like you guys were this close that it
1: it was momentum. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we would just hang out all the time and other people would pass through. And we were always listening to music, watching films, like smoking, like, you know, going to shows. And all of that was... Like inspiration for wanting to be creative ourselves, mm. um, and and it, it, we just naturally. I saw him. He watched the film Juice and was like, "I want to DJ." Changed everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that was a classic. Like, and um, so he started to DJ. I had already written rhymes at that point. I mean, I wanted to rap ever since I heard the first hip-hop record that I heard. What was the first one you heard? It was uh, Ladi Dadi, Slick Rick and Dougie Fresh. Yeah, so that was what... I I wanted to be Slick Rick, basically, when I was eight and first heard (laughs) that. And then I just wanted to be writing rhymes after that. Mm. i say in my teen years, when Harry seriously started DJing, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to seriously start writing. Because it was more of a thing, I think, back then, like DJ-MC combos, Mm. But then he started making beats and he was instantly good at it. So we started making tracks. Mm. You guys our... are
0: like two-headed monsters, man. I remember this very, very well. Like, you guys, as a collaborative duo, it mm. was that Slick Rick Dougie Fresh or, you know, those kind of pairings, wasn't yeah.
1: it? Yeah, yeah, it, 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 was, it was. It was a duo. Like, yeah, and it was because um, we were, like, bouncing off what each other was doing. And then I think there was a point where, in all honesty, I feel like his skills just went like that. Mm. And I still had a lot to learn as an MC. Not to say I wasn't good, but I was still... like With him, it was just a straight-up trajectory. And me, it took a bit more time. Um, but then, you know, we, I, I worked with other producers too. I started doing collaborations with other MCs. And all these things are how you sharpen your skills. And um, Do you think that's what counts? Because sometimes you, you go out of your comfort zone, outside the circle,
0: you record with certain people... Only to bring back that information, feed it back into the circle. Yeah,
1: always, yeah, definitely, definitely. I think it is important to an extent, I mean, not necessarily to go outside the circle. I I didn't necessarily look at it like that so much. It was all, like, we were all a big collective, really, the way I looked at it. At Mm. one point, I feel like things get tricky, don't they? Like, when something becomes a business and someone starts making money and then... Dynamics shift and people fall out and stuff. But me and Harry at the core of it were always friends. So we never had any of them type of problems. Mm. But obviously we worked, we collaborated with plenty of people. And yeah, we did bring that back. Like, you know, he'll produce something for one person. I'll write a song with another person or work with another producer. And then when we work together, it's like there's different techniques that we learned individually that feed back into the work that we're doing. And Mm. I think that's how it should be, really. I think that's the that's the beauty of creation really in this type of this type of field
0: field We're so lucky to be in this for like northwest Labrick grove yeah how yeah was yeah it, how was it for growing up back in the day
1: um so i i was from south london when i was about 11 um was living in Labrick grove from then until like maybe 18 19 so my whole teen years and it was like that's that's in the 90s when um i was really falling in love with hip-hop as a you know, as as a music, but also as, like, a way of life, you mm-hmm. know, like a, I don't know, it's, I always say it's like a religion, basically, it's like a faith, because mm-hmm. it's about more than just the music, it's, there's, when, when, when you're really, like, you know, involved in it, and part of, mm-hmm. part of a bigger thing, it's like, it's not about you, it's about the collective, and that's, we really had that back then, it, it, that was really how it was back then, and, um... Yeah, I can't even remember what the question was. I got kind well, of well, no, no, because there. back in the day,
0: growing up, if you haven't got all the tribe, shall we say, as a young person, that you associate yourself with. That religious aspect of any music, whether it's rock, whether it's drum and bass, rave, right. or it's hip hop, and it, 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 But when you find something that is truly dynamic enough to capture you in so many different sensory ways, yeah, that's really what hip hop was for a young person,
1: wasn't it? Yeah, and the the MCs I listened to were like teachers to me. You mm. know, it's like you you learn things about life because it's put in within a framework where you like the sound of the music. You, you relate to the words that are being said or you can appreciate the emotion, emotion being expressed. You learn mm-hmm. things from it. Um, but, yeah, in fact, to go back to what you were saying, so this was a perfect area for it because, for example, there was Honest John's Records right near my house. God, yeah. And I went and bought <laughs> all the classics from that shop as they came out. Um, and so is it, there was, like, my education in hip-hop. Um, obviously, you know, I had things like Carnival where you've you got – Oh, um, man. You were so lucky, music. bro. music, yeah, yeah, you know, and Woo. Subterranea, seeing all the mm. people perform at Subterranea, and the artists that are in the area, it's a very creative area too. Mm. Plus, we spent a lot of time at a Deal Real record shop mm. um, when it was on Noel Street, I believe. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, you know... Golden era. Shouts to <gasps> Pete, Tony, Shorty, mm. MK, all the people that, that were there. And, and that was another yeah. thing where it was... Because Harry was in the mix as well. He was, yeah. He, as he well as Estelle and days. all those guys. Yeah, like, like, everyone passed through there at that point. There's, We were talking before, weren't we, about the legendary photos that have been taken there and mm. the people that have passed through. Mm. Um, that whole area was glorious, man. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was.
0: In fact, we actually bumped into uh, Doc Brown outside. We did. We did. Yeah. We just got there.
1: Oh man, yeah. That was that was. Those moments are nice. Those moments are nice. And again,
0: celebrating the area in itself as being quite the hub for uh, hip hop. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Isn't that something? So, so as a kid, you were absorbing all of this, and and when you suddenly meet people that are of of an age. It that are into the same thing as you, yeah. It drives the cause even more. It gives. It's almost like a an OK sign. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all in this. Then, all yeah. doing. It. You don't need them, but it's there. And mm-hmm. then that because this is how UK hip hop kind of was forged. Like you said, Deal Real Records, it almost became like the central place to just meet people.
1: Well, that's what it is. When there's a hub like that, um, that's what it does. It it creates community. Um, so that was one of those places that did that, for sure.
0: Verb T, the lyricist, vocally. Um, because I think that... This could sound... No, I'm going to say... The U, there's a UK hip... And I was a part of it. There's a UK hip-hop droll. There's a climate for UK hip-hop of, it, of that time. It's it, it, reflecting on a working class. It's reflecting on a social... A point of view uh slightly more dowdy approach more uh for the people right do you know what I'm saying like it the boom of it right which which heralded a real moment in time you know looking back on it yeah it's almost like a time capsule of it's almost like it 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 holds
1: weight mm-hmm. it
0: does it doesn't age.
1: Yeah, I mean, see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's
0: almost made itself. It, it's gone back full cycle, and it and
1: it still feels as relevant and true, more true than things that are out now. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's 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 down to connection, isn't it? Though, I mean, people are always going to connect with a sound that hits them on a certain level, and mm. um, there are moments in time. That, that do that there's certain albums that capture a moment so well that they live on forever mm. and there's i guess if we're talking uk hip-hop i would look at say skinny man counselor state of mind yes. the reason it's a classic is because it encapsulated an error and the things you were talking about transcend beyond that era. but the sound is reminiscent of that era, so the messages last i would say um, the
0: same thing about your i'd say about broken window though yeah for sure yeah, like yeah, when you look at the collaborations on that, and how important, significant each one of those. Oh were. yeah, I
1: mean, it's a massive, it's a massive moment for me. Um, I mean, every, every album I made is a moment for me. I don't. It's harder to look at my own work and say what relevance it is to other people. I, I know I'm still here, so yeah. I, I know there's people that are out there supporting what I do. But um, I mean, I'm 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 still going, so I, I don't I don't really I don't look back all that often. Maybe not as often as I should about my own. My own work
0: Ukraine. You, you guys Kind of And this also Falls into Maybe the Kung Fu era uh, Which was a club night That used to go on In Camden You understand You go hip hop one Very good one It was um, a good one It was a good it was, one wasn't it? Yeah. But this was a moment In time where The energy Was so high. Like yeah. I said Went from one extreme Of like You know Kind of window gazing At what's going on mm-hmm. To actually It <laughs> went full cycle To actually You are actually present And, and actually dictating what socially is going on with the with the uk scene
1: yeah i mean yeah it became another hub it became there was open mics so mcs would go down to have a chance to get on that stage um different acts came through there was always more than one headliner the the back room was always crazy busy as i'm sure yeah, you remember yeah, yeah. with artists um and it was a hub for those artists but also the fans it was it was a concert to go to and something to watch but it was also a hub to be part of I don't want to say movement, but I guess it kind of was mm. a, a bit of a movement as well. And it also it coincided with Low Life becoming very popular as well. Yeah. So there, I think there was a bit of a tie-in there too. It was, wasn't there? Yeah. Low Life. Uh... And, and also Kemet Records, obviously. Yeah. Like Kaiser, Kalashnikov, Scribbler, yeah. like the Terra Firma, like that, you know... Um, Obviously, Roots Maneuver was uh, doing amazing things yeah. and played played at Kung Fu, you know. Head Task Force, it. Task Force, exactly. Course, Guinea, exactly. Uh,
0: Black Twang. I mean, so it was it was it it was a it was a real sim- symbolic moment of because you would have back in the day you used to be Scratch, Deck mm-hmm. Effects, all those things. We they, to,
1: they were more uh, DJ focused. That's though, right? right. Yeah.
0: This was more... And also, they had disbanded. A lot of that had gone by that time. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. So it was almost... It, for me, it felt like Kung Fu was actually
1: a call to arms. Well, it was, but this is what happens. Like, it's, it, things build up, fall apart. Then there's a remnant of it in a bit of a quiet period. And then they, they, they come back again. It's a similar thing with, you know, low life was big. That it finished. There was a bit of a gap. And I feel like Kai focus came in. And was was a movement Again, in itself, yeah. yeah there, and and there's been plenty of other movements, um, but yeah, I mean, the and then you know, there's waves mm. that, that that things happen in, and there's quiet periods in this. And for me, being in it this long, I've I've always kind of seen it like, well, you just ride through the quiet period, and then you wait for the wave, and, and it always comes, you know.
0: Talk to me about that that journey, like particularly as a lyric. A lyricist, as mm-hmm. a rapper, vocalist. How much of? Because you're an observer. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a little chat before we jumped on. You understand? Very,
1: that, yeah. you to, right? you, yeah, you've got to do that. Yeah, you have to, right? You've got to
0: be an observer. Yeah. Right. You've got to observe and understand nuances. Read the room. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How, how,
0: how much of that do you process? How much of that input do you put into? Your way of thinking when
1: getting uh, into, uh, into know, rap mode, I would say it it, it has to start with um, the the music has to catch me first to make me feel inspired, and usually like when I hear a track I like, I will it's like uh, there's a, you know a screen goes down and it's like I'm getting imagery that I want to try and write out, so. Within that there'll be observations about things that I might have seen, but it's not it's not so conscious like, you know, someone's pissed me off. So I'm like, right, I'm gonna write a song about this, mm-hmm. you know. This, is, is, or, or even I feel really strongly about this, so I'm gonna talk about it right now. It's always the feeling that finds me first before I put the ideas and words to it, basically, is what I'm you
0: saying. You hear that? You
1: hear that. He even said it like a lyricist. That's <laughs> deep, bruv. Yeah, well that's how it is. That's that's how it is. I think there's sometimes where Say when I am working with the owls, because there is four of us, we have to be on the same page. So we'll often come up with a concept, or someone will set it off and say, "This is what the song's about." Mm-hmm. And I also like working like that because then it's like, okay, so this this came up in the talk we just had with with Doc. Now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's is it's that whole thing of show and prove, mm-hmm. the show and prove mentality. So if someone says, "Right, I've got the song's about this," what what you know you, you think to yourself, "What is it I've got to say about this?" this idea and then and then oh, i'm on a track with someone else okay so i've got to be good i can't just yeah, yeah. Throw, especially when it's your group and it's anyway so well there's a comp- when you're working with anyway there's a competitive element isn't it of course of That's course it, That's, yeah i mean we, we know this like mm. it's emceeing is a competitive sport isn't it let's mm. be honest it, it is it, like it's also a collaborative sport it's also a team sport but it's <laughs> still competition even within a team you're mm. gonna everyone's going to want to shine as well, aren't they? Mm. Um, but anyway, so I like working in that way where there's an idea. But if I'm doing a solo project, it's got to be all from the place of feeling. And then within the group projects, it's like certain songs, I'll get that same thing and I'll start the song off. Mm. But the thing I like about working in a group is it is different where you can let someone else take the lead and then you can add your piece to it. Mm. And that that is... Uh, yeah, that's another way of working which I also enjoy.
0: I would imagine nothing beats that when you when all of a sudden someone says something within a track and that could forge an idea in your head that would take it somewhere. It could even turn it into a chorus, could turn it into a middle eight. It could... Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly, <sighs> exactly that.
0: Mm. Uh, but staying on focus with, with your individual music for a sec, we will get into to the other collaborators, the four hours and all that. Um you said it was like putting the shutters down to a screen in your head mm-hmm. <laughs> and you said Baywatch on one of his tunes and I was like bruv have you been spying on me watching fucking Baywatch because I was bored fucking sitting and doing nothing it's like you are that, that in itself is a telltale sign of somebody that has a level of empathy to, to the listener and knows what the audience would be uh, tuning into not, not Baywatch obviously but tuning yeah. into from a psyche
1: well, thing. yeah, it's it's funny because with with that particular track, like with the Where You Find Me track, um when I made that, it felt like oh this it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek joke song, which I think kind of comes across. Yeah, for sure. But um I thought, oh, is it is it too silly? <laughs> but then I was like, no, because I, I think there's other people that will feel like that. But that yeah. came after writing it. So I didn't write it thinking it was as relatable as it turned out to be mm. from the feedback I get about the song. And it makes sense, though, because, you know, when you talk, we're, we're not that special, we're not that individual, like, we're all the same in many ways. Mm. So when you hit on something that is that a lot of people feel, then you feel like it's personal to you. Mm. But it's not that personal because we're all the same and there's everyone has that, I just want to stay in. I just want to sit on my sofa and watch it. Or if someone's my age, oh yeah, then they've been chilling since the 90s, uh, listening to, watching Blockbusters, watching Baywatch, listening <laughs> to this music. And the little, you know, at the end of the video, there's that little mm-hmm. slideshow of the yeah the 90s imagery so that's kind of
0: what when you said the screen down that's kind of what I thought yeah you you know
1: that's a good representation of it I didn't even think about that but that's true that's kind of what it is A screen will go down and those type of things would flash up in my head like whatever or if I'm writing a dark song there might be some misty you know empty streets in the early hours of Mm. the morning and I'm just walking through it and I'm trying to describe what I'm feeling while I'm there. And then from that, subconsciously, a deeper idea will show up. Oh, maybe I'm writing about depression right yeah. now. Maybe I'm writing about isolation right now. And then I'll key in more on that feeling, where it's mm. coming from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, I do know what you mean. Yeah, Those are real personal elements to, to any tune that actually a lot of artists refuse to go down. Do you, when you listen back... Because you've got a fucking catalogue... <laughs> Okay. Too many, if you Yo, ask me. Nah, <laughs> well, never enough if, if you're anyone like me that, you know, that we deep dive in these things. It's like you can, you know, marathons. But do you ever listen back as a, as a body of work? Is it relatable? Is, is, is your first incarnations, can you, does it teach you, you about you?
1: You in, know what? You know what I mean? Funnily enough, yes. I don't listen back. So my thing is, before I release an album, I'll listen to it fucking loads. Mm. I'll just have it on repeat and I'll be scrutinising and analysing every bit of it, both from a technical point of view, like that flow is not quite right. I don't think that verse matches the beat well enough. Things like this. And then the album track list will chop and change and to a point where I like how it runs and I'm happy right now, right here, I think I've expressed what I wanted to express as a whole body of work. Then once it's out it's for everyone else, and I don't go back to it until years down the line. So I did have a point recently, before I finished this last album I've just finished, where I was listening back to old stuff because it's not to compare it to the new one, but it's to say, okay, what, where was I at on these? Where am I at now? What have we learned, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. How, how does it fit in? How does it follow on? Um, you know. How does this one stand up, and how do I think the new one may stand up in a few years? Mm. And there's no definitive answer to these questions, but it's just things I like to consider because you get a fee- more of a feeling for the project after doing that. So, but in terms of is it relatable? Sometimes I listen back and think, "Yep, yeah, I, I, you know, I was really, yeah." This is I've I've said this already. So that's another thing. Like if there's a song on the new album where I feel like. This is just a repeat of such and such a song. Mm. I can't, you know, I don't want to do the same thing again. Obviously, there are recurring themes in my album because they're personal, mm. you know, so there are recurring themes in my life. But each album, I can say when I go back to it, I was like, man, I really see where I was at. Like, for example, The Morning Process. Mm. I wrote The Morning Process song because uh, my writing window at that point was like five to seven in the morning. So I literally yeah. wrote that while waking up and I literally was kind of nodding off at parts where I got to a certain point, I can't think of the next line and I just sat there and nodded off. I was like, oh, I'll put that in the next line. You know. This, that's how that song came about. So, and also there was other parts of it. There's a song on there. I can't remember the name of the song now, but it's quite a dark song where I'm talking about being in hospital. And when I was in hospital, um, I watched... The man who fell to earth with David Bowie, and there's a part it's an alien yeah. who gets experimented on, and so like in a dramatic sense, I portrayed myself as that guy, even you know, even though obviously I wasn't going through the same experience as that character, but yeah. it's just artistic expression. So, it, but anyway, it takes me right back to literally lying in that hospital bed in Saint Thomas's. So is that what I, it does When you listen back to it That particular song Yeah Oh man That must But be also other songs They'll take me back to I can remember where I wrote Some of those songs And exactly the frame of mind I was in When really? I listened to them Others are more random It's like I don't even remember Making that You know and other, other stuff i listen back to is like yeah I'm talking shit That's whack <laughs> like, Yeah you know? But that doesn't well, matter know, Because it's like I always say it's like Seeing an old photo of yourself It's like oh, It's not a good photo I wasn't I don't know what I was wearing there yeah. But you know Whatever That yeah. was the time
0: Yeah 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 I think Always blame it on the time. Yeah, uh, you, you're very lucky in that respect. I think a lot of people too, are, are too overly critical. You know what I mean, like the, 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 the consumer doesn't think that deep, and I guess as artists, we've just got to accept that the the, the, the por- pouring of output is essential. Yeah, for for your own creative growth.
1: Definitely, hundred percent, hundred percent.
0: Hmm, and just going back to actually being outside with Doc Brown and and him explaining, because, you know, you guys jumped on a collaboration only very recently. This is hot news, baby. Um, and uh, he, you know, he openly admits, you know, I can't write, my, I can't be in a room and write songs for myself. I mean, he almost needs the challenge and a timeline, deadline. He needs all that stuff to, and collaborate more mm-hmm. so
1: than do his own shit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I think, you know, I think it's like you were saying, like you're, our focus has shifted, so he he hasn't lost any of the ability or the the skills to be able to write, but it's just there's not the same drive because other things take over in life sometimes, and he's successful in many areas. So it, it's it's music isn't the primary focus, but the the love of it is still a hundred percent there. The skills are still there, and it just takes that that little. Challenge that little show and mm. prove, like you know the you know. youngster in you suddenly. Kicked yeah, yeah, in. yeah, exactly, and especially I guess because you know he he was one of those people that came through Harry's that mm. I met there. Um, you know the poisonous poets when they were doing that mixtape. Mm. I was in I was in literally the next room listening to them record poisonous poetry. So I know Doc Mad. since then. So when me and Doc talk, we we probably are just going straight back to how we felt back then because yeah. you know if you're talking about music we both came from that that point in time you know we 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 were both active then and chasing it then and so i guess there's there's still a connection to that like when we collaborate which is which is cool and, and we did an <sighs> fa cup song for crystal palace don't forget that mm. when palace hey mean- <laughs> come on look <laughs> guys you have to understand
0: like for those of you who are stepping into the podcast you know we only delivered the, the real and the raw here uh we're talking here to somebody that was was so pivotal in the direction of UK hip-hop. Like that whole space in Northwest, Harry, poisonous poets. Do you know what I mean? Like it, really seminal moments, man. I can't quite get it's it without it, there were no signature songs like Terra Firma. uh tracks from those guys, from your guys, the, 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 the 19 Long Times, mm. the Oh So rotten's, the, uh, you know, Parky, you know, to, to, to get to this point where me, myself and Akai is he's, he's, he's seminal on a T-shirt as much as it is as an, as a, 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 an album of relevance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were such a big part of that.
1: Yeah, I mean of I, all of it. Well, I I I was I was uh I was there. I was there, you know, I was a, a part of the the structure as a whole yeah. for a long time. So, I had my part in it, but you know, I I just feel like I've just been here a long time. <laughs> like <laughs> I just I've just maintained, you know. Um so yeah, I I don't know. I I I don't know how much I've personally uh you know, changed or pushed things forward, but I do know I've been here and I've been active in in this mm. for a very long time. Mm. Yeah. Verb fucking tea, man. Uh let's uh let's cycle a
0: little bit further forward. Uh four owls. Mm. Now how you know, was it this is how I'm imagining it, right? Yeah. You're there with the with the movie on in your head, writing away, mind your business, and then you just get a call. It's like, yo, you like the bat phone sort of shit. Yeah. Like, yo, you down? You want to be in?
1: How did it all begin? You know, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of like that a little bit. I mean, <laughs> so the basically the way it started is the other three guys um, started making the album, the first album, Nature's Greatest Mystery. And I was originally going to feature on one track, which was Life in the Balance. Um, and I was working on the Morning Process album at the time, so I was really wrapped up in that. Like, when I'm working on an album, it just consumes my head until it's finished, Mm -hmm. and I can't switch it off. It's just on constantly in the background somewhere, if not in the forefront. Mm -hmm. So I was in that frame of mind. Um, But because of that, I was writing loads. Um, And so I've got Life in the Balance. I wrote it pretty quickly, did the hook. And then uh, I think it was Flip Tricks really first said you know maybe you could be a part of the group as a whole like if there's a few because I was saying there's a few I like so saying yeah maybe do verses to a couple and then uh I can't remember exactly how it went but from that to him saying yeah I mean why don't you be part of the group Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um and funnily enough I had met Leaf and Beave earlier when uh, me and Kashmir I have to shout out Kashmir that's one yeah, of the yeah, yeah, important yeah. people in the journey we'll as well and yeah. in, in the UK hip hop journey a as a whole yeah. Um and, yeah, so he, you know, um, Fliptricks had been on tours with me and Cash. Um, and so it was kind of, this is before High Focus existed. Then once High Focus existed, um, I I was working with Fliptricks at that point and had planned to do this album I was working on. I didn't have a home for it, so it made sense to do it with him. I was working on that. And anyway, when me and Cash had a gig years back, I met Leaf and Beave when they were just kids and they, they happened to be on the support bill for a show we did one night. And it's just mad that it came around to me and them being in a group together. Um, but I, yeah, so I met them way back then, but I only really properly met them after agreeing to be in the group, which is kind of weird. But then, man, it's just... So we spent time crafting that album... Doing shows to promote that tour yeah. um, and then it it blew up more than I thought any of us realized it would and so for that second album, by that point we'd been touring loads like we'd proper solidified as a group yeah. and uh, you know th- you know th- that that 's family right there yeah. um, and so the second album that was more reflected, so it was more like the first album was us, it was just the hunger of. Like four people trying to outdo each other yeah. And then the second album I feel like we re- well, Not just trying to outdo each other That makes it sound like It's more competitive than it was But it was just Trying to put together You're Smelling the best, each other's scent and shit You know Just put, putting together the best project we could But it was more like off the cuff Whereas the second one was super considered And Obviously we worked with Premiere on that one Which was fucking massive for yeah, us yeah. As a group As well as individually yeah, Crazy Um and that took us on just show up, shows all over and all the time, and it was a really busy time for for us in that respect. Um, and then, yeah, then then it grew to a level where you know we were just about to put out that third album, and it took us a fucking long time to to get around to actually making that third album and coming up with something that we thought. Okay this is good enough now this it's it's, it's it, we can put this out and then we had a massive tour hooked up obviously that's when all the shows stopped everything shut down and um I feel like that knocked everything a little bit but um we are coming back now uh with Jeez. with some new music um I I, I don't know exactly I, I I kind of feel like maybe next year um Ooh. Uh, people will hear some stuff from us. But Full we you know exclusives we, on we, this yeah, show. Today. We we wow. still got some work to do, but, but we're we're getting there, man. We are getting there. And you know, we just finished a a UK tour, which was cool. And yeah, like I say, that's family now. So it's funny how it goes from you know, just something we thought was gonna be a one off project maybe that's just under an alias of the four hours And they when it was just the three of them, they were gonna be called the Owl Trinity. <laughs> and then when I became involved <coughs> It was going to just be called The Owls And then I think there's a group already called The Owls So it was The Four Owls Yeah, no, it all
0: worked And it's all the sum of its parts, right? This is this is a, a full cycle of all the history and knowledge and understanding And, you know, business, acumen, culture mm. All in one place So, you know, it's a perfect storm
1: Yeah, and... And it surprised us all, yeah. <laughs> like the perfect storm. Yeah, yeah, Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, well, I don't know, maybe, but uh, it it, it, surprised, it did surprise us. Yeah, it did surprise us.
0: Well, it's, it's opened up the whole conversation. The, the doors of of music as a whole. It's it's. It was, I think it was a surprise to everybody how well high focus. Maybe not flip tricks, but for high focus to excel. Mm. In, in competition with I don't know, maybe hospital records for instance or something mm-hmm. of uh, of its time of uh, uh, different genre like it was celebrated yeah. as the the, the platform for and ha- owls were almost like the, the the vessel that took it to the t- took uh took that mission brief to the to the masses
1: yeah i mean i feel like among others, that, well, no, of course. I mean, there's there's plenty of people on the label that had their part to play. I do think that ours as a group um, reached out to a wider audience. Like, I I can even say for myself as a solo artist at that time, um, I wasn't having the same opportunities, and, and none of us were individually having the same opportunities we had as a collective. No, so, right. the ours as a group definitely pushed things forward for the label. And for for all of us as individuals, yeah. without a doubt. And then obviously, like you know, there are certain songs we dropped which had quite a big impact mm. um, at different points in time. So yeah, it it was we had a few moments, and I think that's what that's what um, that's what can really carry careers when you have moments that mm. have impact. Mm. People are more, you know, people are just going to remember you. You're going to be a part of people's. Uh, people's lives moving forward people's mm. experiences are going to be tied to your music in a different way. it's like I'm saying about capturing a moment. I kind of feel like as a group we did that a couple of times we so. yeah, did yeah
0: do you um you sound like a man at that of course, most artists would value that more so it's funny isn't it because as you get older in this scene in music in the arts you 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 understand that... Money's good to get by with, uh, and creativity is the drug. Mm-hmm. But nothing beats someone coming up to you and saying, "I remember, you know, you were the soundtrack to my X Y Z back at da 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 da." Or yeah, you know, that song changed my life because of da 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 da.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. No, for sure. Those 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 moments, I do I do try and take as much time as I can to appreciate those. Like if if someone tells you that you you know you've changed their lives for the better it, mm. even in any little way you've got to take that as 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 a blessing you know as mm. i think that is it's really important because life is about connection so mm. if people are connecting through the music then it's a, it's an extra element to it like the two things you just described it's, it's a good way of putting it you know the, the money is good to get by with with we are doing this as careers right so mm. so we want to live live our lives and be able to create and money facilitates that. For the legacy. Right, right. And creativity is the drug. So like I say, you can't switch it off. Like when I'm in album mode and I'm trying to write something, uh, you know, I can't not play. If I need to listen to that, it's like I need to listen to it now. If I've got an idea, I need to write it down now. You know, it is that drug. But yeah, you know, and and I think the other stuff when you realise the impact and that it's actually, you know, because you go through these times of thinking is it really worth it is it really worth like dedicating everything to this putting so much into this sometimes to my own detriment and things like that give it a bit of a deeper meaning Mm -hmm. they they just do it's bit it's 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 tastes so much more sweeter when it comes out and it's
0: received and all those times of those dark moments of just trying to evaluate the for's and against the reasons of why you do shit Mm -hmm. creatively or whatever you know, those dark moments, all of a sudden, it just, it just feels that much more rewarding, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. But And see, the only other thing I'd say, though, on the flip side of that is I try not to get too caught up in... Because uh, there's a fine line between appreciating a positive impact you've had on someone and getting carried away with that and drifting into the ego... Uh, you know what I mean almost like a self-obsessiveness to yes I think it's a struggle for a lot of artists maybe I don't know it's something I'm I try to be conscious of personally yeah well yeah yeah, but um, but as a a people's poet
0: as somebody that's speaking for a a, an outside perspective yeah you've got to kind of retain some sort of like yeah removal of the ego to a to, to a greater extent haven't you yeah yeah Because that's not yeah. what people Are built They shit on
1: No exactly People don't live yeah. like that Yeah that's right That's right What's the future my brother? The future um, So I've got an album coming out Later this year <laughs> Um, am gonna finalise the release date And let everyone know Before that there'll be a couple more singles but we've just dropped the first single called Your Heart Deserves. (laughs) Me on the vocals, Vic Grimes on the beats. Um, Vic Grimes, like for the people that don't know him, uh, producer from Canada, but he was uh, part of Create uh, create Division with Gyalo Point. So shout out to Gyalo Point. And uh, yeah, man, he's just, it's one of those online collaborations. Like we chat online, send music back and forth. And over a couple of years we've built a project that I'm really happy with, and yeah, I look forward to rolling it out from here. So that's the immediate future. We're pretty far into a new four hours project again, like no specific release date, but I'd say next year um, people will have that. Um, and I'm 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 looking to expand uh, beyond music as well. Uh, so I mean, yeah, there's some things I'm writing. Uh, there's some other ideas I have so yeah that will all come I don't want to say too much Mm. because those ideas aren't far and far along enough yet but um yeah I mean it's it's all it's all part of the same tree uh so I see I see how well it all grows basically Wow,
0: see full of exclusives on this one
1: but yeah yeah exactly Mm. man but always working always uh always yeah moving forward with Mm. it or trying to
0: we go What's the uh, Craziest thing That's happened In your career Thus far
1: Oh man Craziest thing Yeah yeah Let's just That's on one of those Difficult off. That's one of those Difficult questions uh, I mean There's different Types of crazy I mean I think Working with Artists that Um I grew up As my heroes So obviously There's Premiere But there's also Ed O.G. Yeah you know Ed O.G. There was uh You know Rock Mass <sighs> Um cool g rap you know like i'm gonna i'm gonna forget names now but you know so those moments are crazy in a sense of that's what i always dreamed of like supporting mop and supporting Mm. certain acts that i used to listen to all the time even just that you know that stuff that happened years back that kind of it doesn't if it happened tomorrow it wouldn't exactly wow me just just in terms not i wouldn't think it was significant but just in terms of I'm at this point in my career now, but even when I I have to go back to those moments and think how crazy it was at the time when did it first happened. Look, yeah, because that then I look back at being a teenager and just getting into music, and that's what I wanted to do. But I, I there was no certainty there. I never would have known that that would have actually happened. Mm. That's just what I was working towards, and it did happen. So that even that alone is just crazy to me. It's crazy to me that I'm even doing this as a job. That this is yeah. Like, but, you know, that that's just what I do. That, so, I mean, maybe that's a boring answer. I, I can't think of, like, super crazy things that have happened in my career. Mm-hmm. You know, the the stuff that really sticks out to me is, like, the stuff that I'm proud of or the stuff that, you know, it's it's been something that has just... has just been enjoyable in my life, like a positive force in my life and created to me... Created the opportunity for me to go to different places in the world and and uh you know connect with crowds out there and yeah that's 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 what's really crazy to me about this whole thing That I'm actually doing it but yeah I haven't really got past that to be honest it's, it's this beautiful engine that you put put in
0: get out what you put in that's the beautiful thing about it well yeah
1: it? yeah that's i you know whenever anyone asks me for advice that's the one thing i always say like if you really love it then feed the machine yeah yeah then do it then just keep doing it and you you if you keep doing something and keep trying to learn and keep working at your craft you won't always get the exact thing that you want but you'll always make progression towards it um so yeah like like you say man feed the machine i i, I agree like if that's what's if that's what you is you feel is your calling if that's what you're passionate about then then, yeah, follow that.
0: So there you have it. That's the
1: Jerry Springer sign-off
0: right there. <laughs> follow one's dreams, feed the machine, people. Ferb, house, thank you so much, my brother. Oh, it's a pleasure, man. Yeah? Thank you for having me. That was me. a
1: vibe. No, it was, it was nice talking to you. Yeah, and, uh, yeah I'm glad we, glad we got to do it. Yeah, felt, we felt like 10 minutes there.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it flies. The laptop's having a... I can hear it in the background. I think, fuck, no. Let's get this one signed off before we lose her. Uh, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen... We'll explain another time, people. Ladies and gentlemen, Killer Keller podcast. Alla in was out of fashion. Verb tea inside the place. Come on, four hours crew. Hold tight, everybody. Um, and everybody who's been a part of Verb's uh, journey, man. All um, my South Coast crew. Uh, sharing is caring. Tell a friend to tell a friend. All right. Uh, crime don't pay, but neither do they. Don't talk to anyone I wouldn't. Stay lucky, people. Peace.